Hello, what is up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 64 of the RDO podcast with the boys, Jason and Alex Von Cannell. How are you this morning, Alex? Yeah, I'm good. You good? I'm good. And you? I'm a bit tired. I've had a, uh, I have had a big, a long week, mm. uh, a tiring week. Nate's teething a little bit again. So we went through like four or five days of really good sleeps, and then the last three have been garbage. So I'm all good, though. I'm good. It's been a good week. I've had a shocker of a week, like <laughs> work wise. Useless, but I'm starting to get some traction now, mm-hmm. which is good. But I've had some other things where, like, I was depending on some other people to do something and was let down by all of them. Oh, nice! <laughs> so, there's some that. stuff that I haven't done. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to start with a funny little story that happened to me yesterday. Cool, shoot. So, I'm meeting Liam after this, mm-hmm. meeting him for lunch. Shout out to Liam. And he sent me a text yesterday of the weather forecast saying there was going to be thunderstorms. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, are we still on for tomorrow? I'm like, mate, I'm not scared <laughs> of the weather. All right? I'm not scared of the weather. Now, I was being ultra offensive mm-hmm. because I've dealt with a lot of people, a lot of insecure people this week. Yeah, yeah. And I was sort of at my wits end mm-hmm. with it. So I was like, mate, I'm not... Like, I don't need sunny weather to have lunch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Right? Are you guys eating outside? No, we have not even decided that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm fired up. I'm like, what's going on? And then I see on his stories, he's got his motorbike started. And I was like, oh, we're supposed to go on a motorbike ride today. And I had to text him back straight away. I'm very scared of the weather. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very scared of riding in inclement weather. Yeah, That's was, crazy. Wasn't there a cyclone yesterday <laughs> in Brisbane? Yeah. yeah. And he goes, there was a shipping container that was, there's footage of it flying through the air. <laughs> but he goes, he goes, man, I was so surprised. I'm like, this is crazy. But if you think it's okay, then I guess we'll do it. I'm like, no, 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 no. That is very dangerous. <laughs> we are not doing it. <laughs> and is, is that not a reflection on society at the moment where as long as someone else says, yeah, we should do this people will just do really dangerous right. shit right. <laughs> <laughs> oh that was funny that was, that was funny so yeah so communication is important to mm. make sure you know what you're talking about yeah and uh, don't be as triggered as what i was yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well there's a lesson for everyone right mm. if you are that reactive over things then you're yeah. probably not really thinking yeah clearly. it wasn't defensive i was offensive yeah been offensive yeah nice dealing with insecurities um one of the reasons why this week's been pretty good for me is because the nba is back mm. nba is back uh, and Fox Sports, to their credit. So I was very, very close to cancelling my Fox Sports sub- subscription just going to KO because it mm. is a little bit cheaper. I don't get everything that I want on KO, which is why I haven't done it right. yet. And the reason why I was going to switch so willingly was because last year, Fox Sport really dropped the ball with their coverage. They played a couple games a week. It was crap. Like, there's... On any given day in the NBA, there is somewhere... So they showed. They showed, yeah. Yeah. They televised, like... It was probably... They probably televised five games a week total. Right. And on any given day in the NBA, there is between three and eight games on. Yeah, okay. I'm not paying for a sports channel subscription to only get five out of potentially 30 to 40 games a week. You know what I mean? Are there different <coughs> plans? Are, can you upgrade your plan nah. to a... No, okay. No, nah, it's the That's same thing. Has it always been like that? Uh, well, I, I think it all comes down to when they negotiate their broadcast rights. Sure. So I think that maybe last year, because, I don't know, maybe a lot of people cancelled pay TV because there wasn't a lot of money going around in 2020. Mm. Maybe they paid less to the NBA so they could broadcast less games mm. and so on and so forth. So. 
maybe it was that, but they've they've come back strong this week. So the season started on Wednesday. They've played two games every day from Wednesday. So I've watched two games every day since Wednesday. Yep. It's been fantastic. So good to have the NBA back. It's nice to... They're still trying to figure out those new rule changes that I was telling yeah, you about yeah, a while yeah. ago. I did watch a Hawks game yesterday, and it did upset me the amount of times that Trey Young still was able to draw fouls by doing shit that's really, in my opinion, against the spirit of the game. Sure. But I think they are figuring it out. So, And it's it's already started better than it was oh, regular good. season last, last year. So that's fantastic. Well, but, it's, funny, it's funny you say about the sport thing, because I had nothing to watch on the weekend, because mm. there was an off Formula One oh, uh, yep, race yep. Uh, weekend. There was no Formula One. Mm-hmm. And I watched British Superbikes, mm-hmm. and I'll, that is some of the best racing that's out there. Yeah, okay. It is amazing. And it's very similar. The beauty of that compared to MotoGP, which I'm a fan of, mm-hmm. is that you can buy one of these British Superbikes. You can buy one. Mm-hmm. You can't buy a MotoGP bike. Yeah, yeah. So you see a lot more attitude in the bikes. You see yeah, a lot more. Okay. Uh, the riders are like, you can tell that the bike is compromised because it's... Yeah, every, everything about it is less defined, therefore it is more exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like watching uh, Queensland Cup Rugby League as opposed to the NRL because the defence is nowhere near as good. Yeah. So you see high-scoring games, they're pretty exciting, tries sort of come from nowhere. You can see yourself playing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, I just wanted to make a brief point off what you were talking about with your, with your Liam story about some response I've received from last week's episode in regards to the mental health stuff. So it was very interesting. We had uh, a couple of comments. We had a, a lot of direct messages came mm. in during the week. And look, there were some there were responses on both sides. Yeah. But the ones that I want to single out was I actually got messages from three different people who I don't talk to that often either. Yeah. And three different people said to me, hey, thank you. I think I really needed to hear that. Oh, good. And I really appreciate them reaching out. Yeah. And we've had good conversation since then and we're trying to put some plans in place to improve some things and you know holding each other accountable and all that sort of stuff because at the end of the day as we said last week the most powerful person in regards to your own mental health is you and the things that you can you can put into place for yourself but obviously it's really helpful to have friends around you to be able to hold you accountable and and for you know to hold them accountable as well it's a bit of a team effort so i just want to say thank you to everyone who did reach out last week really do appreciate it and the criticism we got was fair <laughs> yeah the criticism, definitely. the criticism we got was we obviously we don't have all the answers we're yeah. not qualified yeah it's to do it's, it. it's, it's not a one-size-fits-all for sure. subject right for sure. so we we was mainly speaking about one section of the of a very broad subject but at the end of the day the message that we wanted to send is that regardless of where you're at what cards you've been dealt if you choose to make positive decisions you will have a better outcome than if you choose to make negative decisions sure. and i think we all know that but sometimes we really need to hear it yeah but back to the nba thing so these new these new rule changes have come in which means uh they're calling less fouls on some of the players which mm-hmm. is good so haven't seen any send-offs so far this week uh i have actually seen more send-offs in australian politics this week than i have seen <laughs> In the NBA. Well, segue. Nice segue, huh? Beautiful. So let's let's get into it. So there's a few interesting things that have come up. You from... said so three times and we're going to address that. Awesome. Uh, that's another tick that I have. have... That we both have. Yeah. So we both have. So that's and something I'm that just... I'm going to be fixing. Yeah. So I've said it again. <clears throat> this week in politics, a few, a few so interesting hard, things huh? have happened. Shut up, Alex. <laughs> a few interesting things have happened. So we'll start with the IBAC stuff in Victoria. Mm-hmm. 
first three days of IBAC were pretty... A bloodbath? Yeah, well, sorry, last week... La- oh, last said, week, sorry. Yeah, sorry. last week was the bloodbath. They lost two in the first three days last week. Yeah. But the testimony that was given in the first three days of this week was also a bloodbath. And it has resulted in the guy who has been grilled stepping down as the mayor of some shire. So that's another one. So we've had three resignations within a week from IBAC. And I'm assuming that we would have had more, except for the fact that the guy who was supposed to be getting grilled next on the day that he was supposed to front, because I think it's, it's been pretty intense in the, in the previous couple of days, he supplied medical advice stating that he's not medically fit to, to give evidence at the, at the hearing. Now, I don't know about you. Is it like pleading the sick? Not pleading the fifth? Yeah. I don't want, yeah, I'm too sick to say something that's going to incriminate myself. Yeah, I just feel like if you're in politics, if you're an elected official, and you are too unwell to give evidence at your own corruption hearing (laughs) perhaps you're too unwell to do the job and you should just resign yeah so i would not be surprised if we see a resignation from this gentleman so ibac's actually been postponed until the start of november now they're supposed to have five straight weeks of of hearings and the the prosecutor uh sc mr carr has just been savage because it's it's this beautiful thing where, because it's not like a normal trial, you can lead the witness. Oh, right. And and it's so fascinating because on, I think it was day two this week, the, the witness in the witness stand, who is the gentleman who was resigned, I can't remember all the names because there's so many resignations, but uh, he was <laughs> reminded name. by the judge where he essentially said this, now... These might sound like open-ended questions to you, but don't forget that the these te- this team has got months of investigation and data and evidence behind them. So they might seem like open questions to you, but they're not. <laughs> like They're going somewhere. In other words, don't purge yourself like you did yesterday. Because... If anyone remembers back to the Coates inquiry last year, which was the inquiry into the hotel quarantine system in Victoria, which was an absolute failure and it appears to have resulted in the deaths of 801 people, Mm. when Daniel Andrews and co fronted that Coates inquiry, I've never heard the term, I do not recall, more in my entire life. Yeah. And there's some interesting stats on that Coates inquiry, which have come out of the Herald Sun today, which is something else that we'll get into yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, later yeah, definitely. on. But IBAC is just claiming scalps at the moment. But not even... <laughs> more to the point, they're claiming scalps before we've got to any of the real fruits of this Oh yeah, we're, we're just... We're, we're, we're like, just fondling the balls at this no, point. We've, we've scratched off the sticker of the fruit. Right? <laughs> yeah. And people have always got that. I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. And, but as we're also seeing from the ICAC hearings in New South Wales in regards to Gladys Berejiklian, just because you resigned doesn't mean it's over. Yeah. You're still called as a witness to give evidence at these, at these things. And unless so, you're sick. Oh, yeah, unless, you, unless you're too sick. And so to then go to the ICAC stuff, because that started on Monday as well, with Gladys Berejiklian's ICAC hearing in regards to giving 5.5 milli to her boyfriend's project. I hear there's another project that they keep referring now to two projects. I don't know what the second project is. 
There was two. There was the 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 main one that they're is the fo- focusing on is the yeah the clay target shooting range. Yeah. But there was two projects that were given approval in her ex boyfriend's uh, electorate electorate, which didn't pass the pub test. Yeah, and not the pub test. Not the, the pub uh, test. Sorry, the actual means test of means t- yeah. yeah. The, 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 by the, the accountants, effectively. Yeah. yeah. Now, what is interesting to keep in mind is that at the time that this happened, Gladys Berejiklian was not the Premier. She was the Treasurer. <laughs> so she was the one who was in control of the money when this happened. Do you mean just like Daniel Andrews bagging out, like how our hospital system... The healthcare system? Yeah, isn't uh-huh. ready for it. And what was he prior to the, being the Premier? Uh, he was the Health Minister. For how long? For four years. So he's been Premier for seven years and Health Minister for four prior to that. So he's been in direct control of Victoria's healthcare mm. system for the last 11 years. And he's like, so it's it's not ready at the moment. If we, if we open up... Well, actually, we can't even say that anymore because he's done a massive backflip this weekend. So... Shock horror. Shock horror, guys. As you may have heard us speak about for literally months on end, this is not based on health advice. It's based on political advice. And there has been a very interesting shift in the last week in the narrative, both from politicians, but also from the mainstream the media. The corporate media. The corporate media. We're which, calling it the corporate media now. Yeah, corporate media is the way that Michael Malice described yep. it on the Joe Rogan experience a few days ago, because it's the most accurate representation. It's not mainstream media anymore. It is corporate-driven yeah. media. Yeah. Now, it's fascinating that literally within the last week, all of a sudden, seemingly all of a sudden, things that anti-vaxxer conspiracy theory tinfoil hat-wearing people have been saying for the last 12 months... Racist, have, don't forget. Oh, yeah, racist too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, misogynist, uh, all of the ists. Yeah. Things that, that, that have been said for the last 12 months are all of a sudden starting to get reported in papers. So we mentioned last weekend uh, the Pfizer initial deal with the Australian government. And in that news story, they were talking about how there were assets that were being uh, put up as collateral by particularly some other countries. Because obviously they don't have Australia's document because the Australian government's like, oh, no, you can't see it because it's commercial in nature, even though it's our money. Yeah. But I heard from other sources... 12 months ago about some of these deals. And in some of the deals, the collateral that's been put up by the countries, well, not even put up, Pfizer demanded from these other countries, were military bases. Okay, so just don't gloss over that. So for new, new, I just said so, new viewers, we spoke last week about Pfizer doing deals before they'd finished the vaccine, basically saying, okay, we're going to make it, but are you going to be able to pay for it? Yeah. And this is how much you need to give us up front. Win, lose, or draw? Yeah. And Australia was, what, $230 million? $246 million was, win, the, lose or draw. was the upfront payment. The deposit. Deposit. And even if... Non-refundable the, deposit. Yes. And even... Well, 50% of it was non-refundable. Yeah. So even if the, the vaccine was never approved and ne- they never even manufactured a vial of vaccine, we still would have had to pay 50% of that. Yeah. But in some poorer countries that didn't have hundreds of millions of dollars to Mm -hmm. front up and on a little side note what i'm finding interesting what i've learned about 
pharmaceutical companies is that the price is not set on what the item is. The price is set by how much a country can pay. Exactly right. right. So prices vary and fluctuate depending on how much they can extract from you. Yeah, because that's just come into the media because of the Merck yeah. Molnupiravir pill because yeah. that is being priced differently based on how much the country can afford. Yeah. So those things would be taken into consideration when you're fronting up your deposit. Mm-hmm. Now, some of these countries that don't have that kind of money have had to... Pfizer has said, well, okay, well, if you can't come up with $200 million, mm. how about you give us an airbase? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Military this, bases. This is no exaggeration. This is, this is fact. This is in the documents that were released mm. under, the, under that... Um, well, it, that were used in that newspaper article, but you can find these documents. But this has been spoken about for 12 months yeah. in, in other sources. And people just thought those sources were crazy. Yeah. But what I find fascinating is what else has happened in the last week. Australia has gotten to 70% double-dosed. So it just seemingly overnight, once Australia hit target, is what I'm going to refer to it, of being 70% double-dosed, all of a sudden, the narrative has turned around, completely turned on its head. So in the last week, you've seen that Pfizer document. I'm going to get into this one from the Herald Sun. So the Herald Sun has been going hard in the paint in regards to some of the real costs of lockdown Mm. in Victoria. Victoria. I'm just going to read you some of the statistics. Now, this was in the paper a couple of days ago. So, the critical numbers on COVID cases. So, Australia's population is 25,784,116. The total number of tests we've done, 41,286,767 tests. Total negative tests out of that, 41,141,215. Total positive tests, 145,552. Now, we mentioned months ago that these tests are being charged 100 bucks a pop. Mm-hmm. So what is 41 million times $100? It's $4.1 billion. Yeah, just in tests. Just in testing for 145,000 positive tests. And again, how many times we've spoken about how many of those positive tests are possibly false positives mm, because of because we're using PCR. And we are cycling it 40 to 45 times instead of the yeah. 28 which the maker said you shouldn't go over if you're trying to yeah. actually diagnose symptomatic disease. And even when you did you only got 145,000. <laughs> That's right. And out of 145,552 positive results, we have had 143,995 total reported recoveries. For a total death rate of 1,558. Now, here are some other stats. Death rate as a percentage of the positive test is at 0.69%. Mm. Death rate as a percentage of the population, 0.006%. Yeah. Chance of not dying of COVID-19, <laughs> 99.994%. We didn't claim those numbers no, that low. This- no, we didn't. No. but It was so low. But the thing is, this data is current as of now. Yeah. So as, as this year has gone, the number of cases has skyrocketed because now the most locked down city in the world, Melbourne, is getting 2,000 cases a day. Yeah, and because like we <coughs> predicted at the very start, it's because this vaccine doesn't stop cases. That's right. The case is going to go through the roof. They're going yep. to go up. Yep. And there's another... Vaccination rate is not in... in uh, has no correlation to case number. No, it doesn't. It may Never have had. a correlation to hospitalizations and deaths, yes. but not to case number. Yep. But case number has been the metric used to lock people down. Yeah. Uh, negative test rate, 99.65%. So, remember, 
we months ago, I was saying how when they have an exposure site and they say anyone who has been to Red Rooster at Helensvale last Tuesday between the hours of nine and five needs to go and get tested. And we're saying that obviously a whole bunch of these people aren't going to have the disease. But when they're telling these people to get tested, they're like, you need to get tested, you need to quarantine until mm. you get until you at least get your results. 99.65% of the tests were negative. 0.35% were positive. Mm. And the recovery rate is 98.9%. Mm. Now, let me give you some other stats. In Victoria alone, the economic cost of lockdown is $1 billion a week. Yeah. And just a reminder, they had been in lockdown for 263 days. The longest lockdown city on the planet. Now, an argument that I see a lot of is people going, it can't always be about economics, it's about lives, it's about livelihoods. Mm -hmm. And I would say, exactly. Yeah. Which is, and how do you pay for your livelihood? That's right. It is about money. And, And how do you pay for new hospitals or better equipment or more highly paid staff who are mm. therefore happier to, to go to work every single day mm. with tax money that you're wasting week in, week out to the tunes of billions of dollars. Uh, $31.78 billion was paid to Victorian businesses in JobKeeper and COVID disaster payments. Even in saying that, 160 plus Victorian businesses have gone bust every month since the pandemic oh. began. Wild. So these are the livelihoods that are being lost. Yeah. And just think about this. The, none of these stats even talk about the mental health yeah. results of all of this stuff. Yep. Now, this was the only other thing that I was going to draw your attention to was that code inquiry. So the code inquiry, just as a reminder, was the inquiry into the hotel quarantine system that failed last year in Victoria. And you guys... Which we were, seem to have forgotten about. Yeah, you, you guys remember, if we jog, jog your memory, remember all those stories about the, the private security guards who weren't trained in infectious disease control who were banging the guests and therefore spreading COVID? Do you guys remember those stories? So they spent $5.7 million on the coat inquiry into the hotel quarantine debacle. The Victorian government has spent $12.3 million on lawyers to defend the Premier, the Ministers, and the Departments. So this is the inquiry that we were just saying before. Daniel Andrews, who I've heard without a shadow of a doubt, has even changed the way politics works in Victoria to the point that you don't report to the department head anymore Mm. or the minister for whatever. You report directly to Daniel Andrews. He's got his fingers in everything. Yeah. And all he did was say, I can't recall who did that. I can't recall who hired a private security team instead of... I don't know, the military that was offered to them by the federal government at the time. Which I did hear he had a vested interest in in the early days. Well, I'm sure he did. Daniel Andrews doesn't do anything that he doesn't have a vested interest in. Zero people took responsibility for hiring private security. Yeah. Zero. The worst outcomes in in Australia. They've got the worst outcomes in Australia. That's right. And And yet he's touted by... Himself. Corporate corporate media. Mm Mm-hmm. As a hero. Yeah. Yeah. What, how is that How and, is that possible? And so now also in the last week, you've had the judge rule that the Andrews government needs to give up finally 
the health advice that they used to justify the first lockdown in February mm. last year. Which I'm not holding my breath will bear any fruit. Well, they've got 14 days to give it up. But consider this. The, the only reason why that judge has even been able to rule on it is because of multiple freedom of information requests done by the Victorian opposition government. Yeah. So the opposition in, in Parliament, they haven't even been able to see this health advice. So when they do like votes on stuff in Parliament and you're not even allowed to see the information that it's based off, yeah. what are they supposed to do? I have to say, though, I've been very disgusted with all opposition parties because yeah. that is the first thing I've heard in 18 months of an opposition party oppositioning. That's right. It's been controlled opposition. Now, we said months ago that we were happy to see how sure. bipartisan we were last year because really everyone came together for the common good. Yeah. And anything that happened last year, apart from this hotel quarantine debacle, which has killed the majority of people that we've had die from this entire mm. pandemic, apart from that, I have been happy to see what has been happening, what they proposed, what we did last year. What I've not been happy with at all is the fact that we've barely changed course until literally this week yeah. based on new data. It's the first time I've looked at new data, even though there's been new data coming yeah. out literally every day. But even the, even the pivots that have happened this week make no fucking sense. Yeah, pivot the wrong way. So look at, look at Victoria. Victoria opened on Thursday night with almost record cases per day. Mm. 2,000 cases a day. Seven, or I think it was 80... Oh, no, 77 days was roughly the number. 77 to 80 days ago... This seven-day lockdown began because of 50 cases. Yeah. So you start a lockdown for 50 cases and you end it when you're getting 2,000 a day. It's wild. Bonkers. Yeah. This still bitching saying that the hospital system's not going to be able to keep up. It couldn't keep up at 50. Yeah. Now, guess what? In 10 days' time, they're opening up international travel. <laughs> so a double-vaxxed person from overseas can come to Victoria and do no quarantine time. Mm. That makes no sense. Yeah. That makes no sense. But they're like, oh, it's all good. Like, they've literally just backflipped overnight. And the thing that is so irritating to me about this is they've literally shat on their own voters and citizens for the last 263 days. Yeah. And now an international person is going to be able to come over and and go wherever they want in the state, but someone from Melbourne Metro wasn't even able to go to regional. And what was worse, the real trigger for this was a reporter questioning the rules and realising that a New South Welsh person could go to Victoria mm -hmm. and, and have less restrictions imposed on them yeah. than the Victorian themselves. Could go, that's right. So a New South Wel Welshman could visit regional Victoria, mm. they could visit Metro and then go back home but a person in Melbourne Metro wasn't allowed to go to the regions. Yeah. It's nonsense. And now, all of this has been nonsense. Yeah. Now, speaking of nonsense, this then brings us to this new Gold Coast COVID case. <laughs> this is... <laughs> when this week has just like my, my, little, my little truffle pig sniffer has just been... <laughs> Sniffing bullshit yeah. all week. Yeah. All week. Yeah. Because my, it, my truffle pig has got a sinus infection due to all the bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Because is it, not, is it not interesting that three states which have all handled things in relatively different ways the entire pandemic have basically just 
gotten to the same point and are now moving in the same direction, even though they all three states have all very different parameters mm. even now. So New South Wales is at like 80% double dosed and they're only having like 360 cases a day. Victoria is at like 70% double dose and having 2,000 cases a day. Queensland's at like 58% double dose, having zero cases a day. And now they're all starting to align. Yeah. It makes no sense. And if, if you think it's okay for them all to align now, it means the health advice from the last two years was bullshit. Yeah. This, was, this has been my frustration the whole time. If it's safe now, it was safe then. That's right. So all of this has been a waste. Yeah. And, and this entire discussion of mandates has been proven, again, to be ridiculous. So another, another study has come out about that, which has... Ju- and this is from the CDC in America, which has just proven again that... So, to, to summarise it very quickly, vaccines show to give people better outcomes if they get the disease. The, the study itself has no bearing on, number one, if the vaccines are safe or not. Mm-hmm. Number two, what is the risk-reward uh, scenario based on different age groups? So mm-hmm. as we've discussed before, the vaccines appear to give extra protection, particularly for elderly people and immunocompromised. That's who should be getting them. Mm-hmm. The vaccines appear to have a much higher potential to damage particularly younger people. who Particularly would- men particularly men, who would not get adverse effects from COVID itself. Mm. So this study is not about whether or not the vaccines are safe or anything like that. But what it is saying is that the data has shown that when it comes to the Delta variant, that a vaccinated person and an unvaccinated person has the same viral load in their nose and mouth. Yeah. The vaccinated people, in certain cases, especially with when it comes to asymptomatic testing, had a higher viral yeah. load. So what their data is saying is that it is more likely that an unvaccinated person who gets the virus would be at home in bed with symptoms than a vaccinated person who, because the vaccine is giving them a level of protection, they might not exhibit, exhibit the symptoms, so they'll be out and about with the same viral load, therefore spreading the virus. So what that essentially means is for anyone to mandate this to protect the community, it's false. Yeah. I mean, it could be argued, with that data, it could be argued that you'd rather be asymptomatic than symptomatic. uh, uh, Agreed. But the question is not, you need to get vaccinated to protect your community. It's you need to get vaccinated to protect you. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And protecting yourself is a personal choice. Yeah. Do you want to know something interesting? Yes. I went to the doctors yesterday. Mm -hmm. What? And I, I... I've been this doctor a few times ever since I come to Brisbane. Right. What did she ask me about my vaccination status? Nothing. 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 And I spoke to a friend of mine who had been to like six doctors and surgeons to think about getting an operation. Mm-hmm. How many times was he asked about it? Zero. Zero. I went to a doctor last week because you guys remember I had that ear issue a few months ago and I felt it playing up a little bit again, like getting popping mm. and stuff like that. And I went to the doctors last week, and I think, unfortunately, for the first time in my life, I have allergies. And it's like inflammation in some of the tubes between your ear and your nose. I've got it too, this side. That's why I went. Right. There you so, go. Yeah, and mine, Tasha loves the door open, mm. but there's this tree outside that the, the seeds give me such a bad reaction. I had mm-hmm. to climb into my house one day, and, and I grabbed the... 
sorry, just uh, turning the aircon back on because it's starting to get a little bit humid up in here. Here, you continue your story and I'll do that. Uh, I got the... I got... I got such a bad reaction to it. Like, the, the seeds, when they touch my skin... Just grab the other one. It's in my top drawer. When the seeds touch my skin, I had an almost instant reaction to it. Anyway, this has been giving me really bad hay fever symptoms. And as soon as I close the door, they go. But the whole reason why I went to the doctors yesterday was because I've got what appears to be like a blocked ear and like a blocked, kind of blocked nose. And she just said, I've just got some stuff. Obviously some... Yeah, it's like some inflammation. Yeah. And I, I think that... But Sorry. did not ask. No, and I think that mine is coming from the fact that I've been going running now. So because I'm running and I'm making an effort to breathe in through my nose and out through my mouth, so I'm just breathing in heaps of pollen at the moment because there's mm. just pollen everywhere. But when I went last week, did they ask me about my vaccination status? No. And that's, that was my argument that I had with something during the week. I was like, don't you think if it was as important as what the corporate media is making it out to be, wouldn't your doctor really tell you to do it? Yeah, because wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't they be scared about all the, pas- the patients that would be coming in every single day that may have COVID, especially at the place that I go, to walk-in centre? And yeah. they're seeing everyone. You can't even make an appointment. But that is wild to me. That, yeah. And I had some little snide comments about uh, people that uh, differed to my view that know so little about it. Mm. And I'm like, well, you've, you've taken health advice from David Koch. Yeah. <laughs> I remember months ago, I had a disagreement in which I was referred to as a tinfoil hat wearer when someone had just gone out and gotten the vaccine and I had said that I wasn't going to get it. At least not right now. This was months ago. Yeah. This is back just at the start of the rollout. And they were like, oh, tinfoil hat, blah, blah, blah. And said, okay, have you read anything about the trials that, they, yeah. that Pfizer did to actually get the approval? No. Okay, did you read the, you know, the documentation that comes with it that tells you what the potential side effects are? No. And someone made the interesting point yesterday on one of those Dr. John Campbell videos that uh, yep. Robert sent in the group chat, which was a, about a guy who has been injured by the vaccine mm-hmm. because it sounds like they've injected it into his bloodstream, not into the muscle. And that, that whole non-aspiration thing is a whole other story. But uh, one of the things that he was talking about was the fact that it's so stigmatized now to even say I've gotten the vaccine because I thought I was doing the right thing, yeah. but now I've been injured from it and you get like disowned by family members. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what he was also saying was that, especially in America, if you if any of you have ever been to America and watched TV over there, you will remember seeing a drug ad. Yeah. And at the end of every single drug ad, by law, they have to list out the side effects. So it's like, you know, side effects may include blah, 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 blah. And it's like the massive... It's longer longest. than the ad. Oh, exactly. It's it's way longer than the ad. And they have to do Unless that it's for uh, ivermectin, which is not very long. Yeah, well, no one's advertising ivermectin because you can't make money out yeah. of it. But the main thing is, he goes, the conversation would be very different if all the vaccine ads had the same uh, disclaimer mm-hmm. at the end of it. Because at least if it had that disclaimer at the end of the ads... And you go to your family and go, hey, I've gotten vaccinated and I've gotten that side effect that's listed on the ad, people might believe you. But it's become so polarizing. It's like people who have been injured are being banished for talking about it. And they went out and do the right thing. 
So anyway, that's bizarre to me. But let's get let's get back to the point of what's happened in Queensland this yeah, week. Queensland dude. So a few things happened in the precursor to this dude, which is what made my little my little sniffer perk up. And the main thing was on Monday was the first time Anastasia Palaszczuk has actually fronted up with a roadmap. Sick of hearing the word roadmap. Yeah. A plan to to open up the state. And the plan was basically, if we get enough people vaccinated, by the 17th of December, we'll open the borders. That's basically the plan. Sure. Then on Wednesday, two days later, all of a sudden, we've heard this story about a new... No, before that, talk about what was in the news before Wednesday. What, vaccine rates? The rates. Yeah. I was going to get to... That was going to be my gotcha. Sorry. So thanks for ruining it. So now I'm just going to say that anyway. My bad. So what happened was this. She announced the roadmap and the hope was by announcing the roadmap and saying that we needed to get vaccinated that more people would go out and go, we see the light at the end of the tunnel now. Let's go and get vaccinated so we can we can open up early. Because I keep saying if we get to, I think it's 70% or whatever, if we get to that vaccination rate, then we can open up early. They keep saying it. So I think the hope was that by announcing it on Monday, people would rush out and get vaccinated. But in the two days after that, the vaccination rates actually went lower than what they had been over yeah, the last... And like, considerably. Considerably. And I think that's because in Queensland, we're like, oh, sweet, lights up the end of the tunnel. I'll just wait them out. Just like <laughs> Daniel Andrews, like, don't try and wait us out. <laughs> Sounds like a challenge. We're just going to wait you out. Yeah. So the vaccine rates dipped. Anyway, then all of a sudden, we hear this story blasted all over the news about a COVID case on the Gold Coast. So an unvaccinated gentleman who it appears got the virus on the 9th of October in Melbourne and it's, and has come back from Melbourne on the 10th or the 11th has been contagious in the community for 10 days. And he's so unwell. He is so sick. He cannot breathe that the authorities are struggling to get information out of him as to where he has been. And he hasn't checked in on a QR code for over a month. And he's an Uber driver. So he's probably been driving motherfuckers around for the last 10 days. Ah! It was huge. It was literally what it was. I, I saved two tweets because... So I, I know a sales pitch when I hear one. Now in sales, there's a principle that we always talk about, which is called creating urgency for the customer to buy. So what creates urgency in a sales world? Things like sales, for example. Mm. You got three days to take advantage of this offer. Or stock shortages. Hey, you want the red one? There's only one left. Like you're creating urgency. Jason literally texts me and he goes, this will last for 24 hours. Yeah. I said at the time, we're going to have 24 to 48 hours of uncertainty. And then we're going to have the... Uh, like great news guys there's been no new cases linked to this one the golden girls have stopped the spread of Delta again undefeated so far so this was Anastasia Palaszczuk's tweet on the day we are concerned about a local case confirmed overnight he's been out infectious in the community on the Gold Coast where 156,000 people are still not vaccinated I'm asking all Queenslanders to go out and get vaccinated now it's urgent so in other words create urgency and have a call to action yeah. and then sell your product but the, other, the next tweet by Sam O'Connor, MP, was even better. There's been one new local case on the Gold Coast announced today. It's a man in his 30s, lives in Broadbeach, and is currently so sick and breathless they're having difficulties getting information from him. 
That means they don't know where he's been, so we're not going to get contact tracing locations for a while. They believe he was in Melbourne on the 10th of October and started getting sick on the 11th of October. He was potentially infectious in the community for 10 days and is an Uber driver, so they're working with Uber to confirm if he's taken any trips during this time. Here's what you can do. Get tested if you have any symptoms. Wear masks when required. Check in everywhere you go. Get vaccinated. Yeah, same old, same old. Same old, same old. And sure enough, yesterday afternoon, so this is Saturday morning, Friday afternoon. Great news, guys. No new cases associated with this gentleman. We believe... Uh, they. The Uber was like, fuck this, yeah. straight away. <laughs> Uber's like, man, he hasn't accessed the app for a month. <laughs> like, we ain't touching this. Yeah. So Uber's like, fuck that. And... Like, but even on the day, they're like, oh, you're going to lock down? They ruled out a lockdown on the day. They're like, we literally don't know where this guy has been. No lockdown. No lockdown. It's fine. But my question is, sorry. I was going to say, the next thing is, no one asked the question. How did he get from Melbourne? How did he get back from Melbourne in a day and was infectious in the community for 10 days? How did he get across, how did he get across the solid plastic border, waist-high border, <laughs> the New South Wales border. But it, it's, it's impossible. But even they, just, The uh, police are pulling over every single truck to see if they're double-vaxxed. Double yeah. So is he vaxxed? No, he was unvaccinated, but which how? they made the point a million times. But that he's unvaccinated in his 30s. They keep showing the picture of him in the gym. So the but how ob- can he get here? How can he get here from Melbourne if he's unvaxxed? It's impossible. You can't. Well, exactly. But this, to me, is an obvious attempt to discredit anyone who follows Joe Rogan. Because Joe Rogan keeps talking about how fit young people, if you go out, you get healthy, you're going to not have bad outcomes from the virus. Mm. So what do they do? They picked a guy in in Joe Rogan's listener demographic. He's in his 30s. He's ripped from the gym because they keep showing the pictures of it. And they're like, he's so sick. He can't even speak. There's fucking footage of the police. Oh, sorry, the ambulance. Walking him out of his house. <laughs> but, if he can walk, he can speak. But also, that's not a symptom of COVID. They've never spoken about that before. And if about, they did... About not being able to speak. Yeah. That should have been the thing that yeah. they should be crying for the mountaintops from the get-go. Yeah. That's can, a new one they can add to it. Can he taste? Because that's new. Can he Can he taste? <laughs> like, he can't no, speak. No, he can taste, but he can't tell you what it tastes like. Ah, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. It's 100% bullshit. It's 100% and bullshit. And if, if, if it's not bullshit, then someone's... In, if he did make it from Melbourne... If it's not bullshit, then they're incompetent. Which yeah, and so this is this was the next joke that I made on the day is taking all bets on who will get the blame for an unvaccinated person coming back from Melbourne and not quarantining, who has got the virus. And paying a dollar one was the anti-vaxxers. Paying a dollar eighty was Tom Tate because Tom Tate and Anastasia Palaszczuk have been getting in stouches lately. Because yeah. Tom Tate's like, open up the border, and Anastasia Palaszczuk's like, no, nah, the economy's killing it at the moment. We're all good. Yeah. Uh, someone in admin from somewhere was paying three dollars fifty because yeah. that's who normally gets the blame. And Anastasia and uh, Anastasia Palaszczuk and Dr. Jeanette Young were both level pegging at a million to one of them taking any responsibility. Why for haven't that. they shaken the health advice ball? health advice says uh, it's not my fault yeah Yeah. and all of this was in the lead up to today it's super saturday come on in to any primary school in the state walk-in vaccinations available super saturday yeah it's pathetic 
It's fucking pathetic. And I made the point during the week as well in another uh, passive aggressive Instagram story. Has Palaszczuk's 30 man media team ever heard the story, The Boy Who Cried Wolf? Yeah. Because the problem is this. When you keep lying to people, they stop believing you every time you come yeah. out and say something. And that has shown this week because the vaccination rate dropped off a cliff as soon as she came out and said they would open the border. And it hasn't perked up even with this bullshit story on the Gold Coast. Yeah. So we are not believing her. So guess what happens? When there's actually an outbreak, people won't fucking believe her. Yeah. They won't believe anything she says, especially early on when it matters. Because as they've spooked everyone about over the last two years... The most, you, you, are, you are contagious two days before you develop symptoms, which means hearing about information and believing it early is the most important yeah. time because there are people walking around who are not symptomatic, who are contagious. So next time we actually have an outbreak when we open the borders, everyone's going to be like, shut up, Anastasia. And like, this, we don't believe you anymore. And this should have been the recipe from the get-go and... This is something we've spoken about from the get-go, is if the data was available and transparent, Mm -hmm. and if governments were willing to adapt when new information comes past, Mm -hmm. as opposed to remaining rigid on a fixed plan, no matter how much the science changed, we wouldn't be in this mess. We also wouldn't be anywhere near 70% double-dose vaccinated. No. And that's the reason why they kept doing what they were yep. doing. Because this entire time, the goal has not been to keep people safe or keep the economy pumping. The goal has been to get people vaccinated. And you've for better that. or for worse. Think about, really think about, when you listen to corporate media, they're not even trying to say it's for safety now. They might right. put it a little tagline, mm-hmm. but it's all about... The percentage is mm. all about the numbers. Yep. It's all about the sales figures. Yep. It's literally sales meeting every day. And and remember, again, months ago, we went through the four stages of manipulation. The first stage was take the vaccine to protect yourself. So fear-based, with this scary new virus is coming out. We've got this product. Pfizer said it's 95% effective in preventing COVID-19. Take the vaccine to protect yourself. Mm. And guess what happened? Not enough people took it. Because not enough people were scared of it. Because in Australia at the time, we hadn't had that many cases, okay? Stage two, you need to do it to protect your family, to protect the people that are around you. So then we were told, if you get the vaccine, you will stop the spread. That was the next lie in the, in the next stage of manipulation. Get this to protect the vulnerable people around you. So if you get it, like you might be fine, Alex, because you're, you're 35 years old and you're mm-hmm. healthy and you'll be fine, but you might give it to grandma. So you better get this vaccine to protect your family. The third thing was, we'll give you a treat. Yeah. Right? Free beers. Yeah, free. Get, get this because you're going to get free beers. You're going to get freedoms before the unvaccinated yeah. are going to get. You're going to get, yeah, uh, Krispy Kreme donuts. Yeah. Right? You get all these freebies. How good is that? So third, third step of manipulation is incentivize. Fourth step is force. Yeah. Get vaccinated or you can't go to work. You can't earn an income. You can't go interstate to visit family. We talked about the four stages of manipulation literally months ago. And as you guys will agree, we have seen every single one of these used. Yeah. In order as well. In order. And we should also tee off and say, now we're talking boosters. Mm -hmm. And we are what I'm calling the... I'm calling the 22 Jump Street effect. (laughs) Yeah which is the exact same 
mm-hmm. sales plan as previous times. So now we're talking about boosters only for immunocompromised. And, and the elderly. The elderly. That's right. Which is exactly how we started it off. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if my prediction is correct, the 22 Jump Street effect. Mm-hmm. Once that happens, then it will be the next age bracket down. Mm-hmm. Next age bracket down. And then it will jump into exactly what Jason said. Then they'll incentivize. Then... Yeah. Like, and then the fuel come. It's the exact same cycle. They've and, just and Dan Andrews exact same. Has already laid the foundation for it yeah. in his in his press conference this week. He was saying that they're locking unvaccinated people out of the economy well into 2022. Yeah. He was saying that the Melbourne GP is happening in April next year, and he doesn't see crowds that are uh, not vaccinated there. And he's saying that... I get there so bad. <laughs> we'll just ask old mate from the Gold Coast how he got here and just go with just him when he... Uber. <laughs> yeah, just Uber down there. And he's doing catchies because he's not on the app. Yeah. yeah. Yo, yo. So then he said, this is then going to extend to people when boosters are available. So in other words, he has already put it out there for you double-vaxxed people in Victoria that very soon when you're eligible for your booster, your double-vax status means you're not fully vaccinated. You will not be fully vaccinated until you get your booster shot. And it's a song that never ends. Yes, this goes on and And the data would suggest that the the efficacy of the vaccine lasts about five months. Yeah, and you're already seeing stories out of the UK coming into winter where they're blaming the fact that the UK is experiencing like six times higher COVID cases than other European countries, they are blaming that on the lagging booster shot rollout. Which is exactly what they said when we were at like 50 cases a day in Australia. It's the same. 22 Jump Street, man. It's exactly the same. And I put in the comments below, what do you think needs to happen for people to see what is the what is the what is going to be the definitive narrative that gets pushed Mm. what is the milestone that has to be reached for people to see the obvious well you see i get the feeling that people and a large amount of people are actually already starting to see it well the the herald sun and that's what i was going to say the reason why is because the media the corporate media always has their ear to the ground seeing where public sentiment's going, what's going on. Mm. That's why they're so good at writing fucking opinion pieces to change people's minds. When they feel like things are going too far the other way, next thing you know, they throw out an opinion piece, which goes, anti-vaxxers take horse paste, right? Like that happens all the time. But the the corporate media is already starting to change. Like they're, they're, they've felt the wind start to change. So they've, they've changed their sales to go in the other direction. And I feel like that is the biggest indicator of how many people on the ground have actually lost faith in what's going on. Because the biggest thing about Australians that we know that they fucking took advantage of, which is disgusting, is that in a crisis, we pull together and we do the right thing. We always have done. We always help each other out. Always have, always will. It's the Australian spirit. And they abused that Australian identity to get people to fall in line with this program that early on people were like, okay, I'll do it. I will do it. Yeah. And so you've probably got, and I'm going to pull figures out of my ass right now. Yeah. Okay. So precursor, these numbers come from nowhere except my own bum bum. I believe 
out of the population of Australia. So at the moment, we're at 70% double dosed. So 30% of Australians aren't vaccinated, probably aren't getting vaccinated. Yeah. Because at this point in time, every single Australian's been offered a vaccine. Yeah. So if you haven't got it by now, you don't want it. Yeah. I would say out of the 70% that are fully vaccinated, I think that probably to be conservative, 30% of those people have gotten it under duress. Oh, yeah. Meaning I'd agree with that. to go to work or to travel. Yeah. Because early on... Not, that, so not for safety. Not for safety, but for the perceived Freedoms. benefits of getting it outside yeah. of safety. Because I know so many people, and you know one yourself that happened last week, got the vax because they want to go to New Zealand. Yeah. Right? So 30% don't want it, and are probably going to try as hard as they can to refuse to get it. 30% got it under duress. Mm which leaves 40% of Australians who probably got it because they actually felt like it was the right thing to yep. do for their health and for the people around them. Yep. Now, I would love to poll those people to go, hey, number one, do you still believe that it's protecting the people around you? Number two, how do you feel about the fact that you're going to have to get a booster every six months yeah. to keep your level of protection? Number three, are you, are you going to continue to participate in this program? Yeah. Because that's what it is now. It's a program. It's, a program. it's, it's immunity by subscription. It's dead set immunity by, by prescription. That's right. And it's like, it is the biggest money spinner on the planet. It's the, like I said, it's the largest, we've fallen for the largest marketing campaign since WMD. Yeah, well, as you would have seen that other video that's gone out this week, Joe Rogan shared it on his page, but heaps of people have had it, is the supercut of all of the network news stations in America brought to you by Pfizer. CNN brought to you by Pfizer, like yeah. all of the news media. And the reason why you haven't seen it on Australian media is because it's illegal. Yeah, there's only two countries in the world that are allowed to have medical, uh, allowed to have ads on TV for pharmaceuticals, which mm-hmm. is America and New Zealand. Yeah, which is also why I believe that I feel because there has been such a shift in the narrative in the corporate media. I can't help but feel like there was an embargo on negative news stories until we hit 70% by the government. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to get the sales numbers up for the truth to come out. Yeah. And just to paint a bit of a picture of what... So just because it's illegal for pharmaceutical companies to advertise here does not mean that money is not here. That's right. And I can give you an example. Formula One was primarily, back in the day, cigarette advertising. Yeah. Then they outlawed cigarette advertising. Mm Mm-hmm. Ferrari's biggest sponsor is a company called Mission Winnow. Right. What do you think Mission Winnow is? And I'll give you I'll give you a tin a tip. It rhymes with the second word. Minnow. Malbro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They've just rebranded it and mm. just to, to get around it. The money's here, man. The money's here. Of course. We know. And isn't it funny how effective rebranding is? Because we've seen a lot of toxic companies talking about rebranding lately. AstraZeneca vaccines turned into Vaxevria. Now, we all still call it AstraZeneca, but the actual vaccine name, they just changed the name to Vaxevria. Has uh, anyone got the shits with the fact that that's not going to be made anymore? Well, uh, if you got it and they don't make... what is anyone questioning that? Is anyone happy with that? Is well, anyone going, hey, how come I was told that I had to have this? Because it's amazing, it does all this, and now that it's out of production, hmm. it, is everyone fine with that? Uh, I guess you hey, have to anyone out there it. who's got an AstraZeneca, are you fine with it? It's it's up to the people, right? I don't have it, but ironically, 
out of all of the research that I've done, when it comes to vaccines going to the people who are vulnerable, particularly the older people, I actually think that the AstraZeneca is the best one to get. Yeah. Because the mRNA technology is what concerns me the most. Mm. And older people generally have less blood clotting issues because your blood thins as you age, but also a lot of them are actually on medications to thin their blood anyway. So it's... But yeah, so you've had AstraZeneca rebrand as Vaxevria. You've had... Overseas, the Pfizer vaccine wasn't called Comanati. Now they're starting to call it Comanati, which is what we call it over here. Yeah. It's the actual disease, uh, the uh, vaccine name. In this week, you've had talks of Facebook changing their name. Yeah, I don't think that's what people think it is. It, it'll be... It will be the holding entity of Facebook. Facebook will remain Facebook forever. Yeah. But it, it'll be a company that overlooks... Because yeah. you, you know what it's going to rebrand to? Facebook.gov. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's so interesting because what, what I think people don't understand... We've said this a million times. I've been in the sales industry for a long time and I was probably a natural cynic before that anyway. Mm. I have never... In, I, I have never allowed myself to become a victim of sales pitches. And one of the things I've spoken about a million times, look at me. I'm not a victim to the sales process of fashion. Mm. Because to me, fashion is bullshit. Because all they do is they go, hey, remember those clothes that we told you were cool six months ago? They're not cool anymore. You got to buy this new thing. It's a sales pitch. Mm. And if you look at, if you go back through someone's Instagram feed who follows trends, they're, they look ridiculous. Yeah. Right? They, they have, they have to, and we'll continue to look ridiculous. Yeah, because they have to change their look every three yeah. months, every quarter, to just be up with the latest trend. Like, you can just look respectable. That's, that's easy. But again, so sales pitches I, I've always been hypersensitive to because maybe I've got a chip on my shoulder and I don't like being taken advantage of, mm. right? We, we're getting sales pitch day after day, week after week, and I, we had the conversation during the week. We're at the beginning... They actually tried to make the, they put effort into it to make the sales pitches at least effective. Now they just don't give a fuck. Next month is going to be just take the fucking jab. I'm going to beat you over the fucking yeah, head. That's it's, what it's going to be. It's literally going to be yeah. that. And I will taste oh, you. No, are we are we not already there in the Northern Territory? Get vaccinated, or if you go to work, we'll ch- we'll charge you five grand. Yeah, true. Like we're one step away from beating people with gloves. But and Northern Territories had how many? Deaths? Zero. Zero <laughs> deaths. But they're going to fine their citizens five grand a pop if they don't take an experimental For zero. vaccine. For zero deaths. I wonder how many... It'd be interesting to see in that state particularly if they've had any adverse reactions. If they've had any deaths associated with vaccination, mm. then the then the uh, adverse reaction death rate is an infinite times more uh, 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 deadly yeah. than... And this is this is the number one concern for me out of this is that one day in many years' time, we are going to get a proper uh, redefinition of the side effects from the mRNA vaccines, and therefore, they'll relook at the numbers on what was a vaccine-related death and what was not. Mm. Because Pfizer has been... Rel- and, and Moderna too, because you need, you need to keep in mind the fact that out of the two, Moderna appears to be more effective because it's a, a, it's a stronger dose. It's like almost double, isn't it? I think it's over double. So Moderna appears to be more effective at preventing serious disease from COVID, but it also seems to be more effective in giving people, particularly young people, adverse reactions. Yeah. But because they... Science has completely tried to 
protect these companies from any sort of negative backlash. So the only, to this day in, in the TGA in Australia, the only side effect, if you die from it, that they will 100% count as a vaccine-related yeah. injury is TTS, which yeah. is the thrombosis with thrombocytopenia, the blood clotting issue from yeah. AstraZeneca. It is the only thing they will without a doubt say was a vaccine-related death. Yeah. However, when you've got the amounts of people getting myocarditis, pericarditis, what people don't understand, heart inflammation is fucking serious and can scar your heart for life. Yeah. For life. This is not the minor... Because they, they keep saying, oh, yeah, people get it, but we can treat it. Yeah, on drugs for the rest of your life. You know what's interesting, too, is people, they go, it's very rare, it's very rare. Just saying it's very rare does not make it very That's rare. That's right. You said it last week. Just saying something doesn't make yeah. it true. And I know more people that have had adverse reactions than I have people that have had COVID had bad reactions from yeah. COVID. Yeah. And I always ask that. Like, I always try to quantify. And I, I know my, my circle is only so big. Mm-hmm. But something I try to do to find out whether something is bullshit or not is when you hear the large number, okay, let me see if I can rationalise it in my own in my own circle to mm-hmm. see if it's in line or, you know. Yeah. I had this. I did the same experiment with the shipping crisis, the uh, supply chain issues. Yeah. I rank someone that deals with China gets ships sent from China. Had it confirmed. It yep. is a real thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I've heard it from corporate media. Yep. And then I confirmed it in in mm-hmm. on the ground. Mm-hmm. Well, when they keep on saying it's really rare, well, do you know what's more rare? Someone having bad COVID. Yeah. That's way more rare. So Clive Palmer got interviewed. He had another press conference yesterday and someone asked him, are you going to get the COVID vaccine? And he goes, no, why would I? And they're like, oh, well, you know, don't you want to protect yourself from COVID? He goes, there is no COVID in Queensland. Like he lives in Queensland. So he's like, why would I get a vaccine when there's no disease here? Yeah. And yeah, they're going to open the borders at some point. Yeah. But... For him, he's rich enough, he can stay home if he wants to. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like the next step is, you know, Ebola. Oh, Ebola was a really deadly disease. Maybe we should get everyone vaccinated with Ebola. Well, no, because there's no Ebola here. Yeah. But if there was Ebola here, we would be looking at But now at there's going it. to be, there's going to be heaps of disease here. Yes. But my argument being, it's not that bad. Yes. And... Going back to the original concerns that we outlined on this podcast 12 months ago, a vaccine passport is not a COVID vaccine passport. It is a vaccine passport. So when the next disease comes out next year, there'll be... Yeah, what an, subscription are you going to... Uh, that's right. Yeah, so when the next thing comes out next year, then, oh, well, now we've got this new thing. And yeah, okay, you've, you're... you're, you're Double vaxxed plus your two additional boosters for COVID, but because this new disease, which takes three jabs, your class, uh, your uh, fully vaccinated status is revoked until you get your three jabs for the new thing. That's the thing down the pipe that yeah. we've been concerned about this entire time. Yeah. And I had a conversation during the week, and it, I reiterated this. I'm not concerned for the next six months. Everyone's living in the now and is scared of the now. There are people in Victoria now who are double vaccinated, who are still too scared to go outside. Just a quick side note to that is that all the coverage that I have seen of an open, a relatively open Victoria yeah. does not appear open to me. No. The news reporters, big smile on their faces. Oh, look, it's so amazing that we're out. No cars going past. Yep. No people walking the streets. Yep. No shops open. Well, they, they, showed open. A, they showed a clip of a bar yep. and they... they they panned down the line 
And then they stopped. And I'm like, that was a really sudden stop. There were seven people in the line. Because you're only allowed 20 people in a bar. But also, I looked in the reflection. There's no one there. That's it right. It was a staged, it was a staged yeah, event. Because they're not open. Because retail's not open. Gyms aren't open. You're only allowed 20 people in a bar or a mm. restaurant or a cafe at the time. At a time, Like, it's not actually open. It's yeah. not freedom. Yeah. It's, it's bullshit. But as I explained to this friend of mine, I'm like, what you need to understand, everyone is caught up in this present hysteria and is basing their decisions on tomorrow. I'm not worried about tomorrow. I'm not worried about six months from now. I'm worried about looking my kids in the eye when they're 30 years old and going to them, hey, this is what happened 30 years ago. And this, the reason why the world is the way it looks for you guys today is because of the decisions that we made 30 years ago. And I want to be able to look my kids in the eye and go, hey, I tried to do the right thing by you. Yeah. Because I'm worried about the country that we're leaving behind to them. Because the laws that we have shoehorned in because of a perceived threat in COVID-19 are dramatically affecting our way of life. Yep. And the most terrifying example is these permanent pandemic laws they're going to vote on soon in Victoria that we keep That's speaking wild. about. It's fucking wild. All they have to do is declare a pandemic and now you've got emergency controls which you never need to extend. And this has happened before. Yeah. And it's, it affects you every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that you travel internationally has changed. Yeah. The last time this happened. Mm-hmm. The way that business works financially, the way that you transfer money. Yeah. It's all changed. Look at what they're trying to do in the United States at the moment in regards to transactions. Have you heard about this? The this, $600 thing? Yeah. They're trying to change the laws in America that any financial transaction bank to bank over $600 gets sent directly to the IRS. And they're trying to sell it to, to the poor people going, oh, it's great. It's great because it means they'll be less likely that you'll be audited. <laughs> Which, hey, if you haven't done anything wrong, being audited doesn't matter. But right? also, it just means that you, it, you're constantly being audited. Yeah. And again, you lose freedom because yep. you can't spend... $600 at a brothel if you don't want like if you yeah. if you don't want it to come out yeah. right yeah but they're like they're doing it for you know taxation purposes but they're not going after any of the big dogs no. who are avoiding all of the tax yep right so all of this stuff guys is about control in the western world all of it is about control yeah can we talk about the australian law that changed yes. that's about taking over so now if they perceive that you are a threat or your friends are threats, mm-hmm. the, the Australian government can legally take over your social media profile mm-hmm. and act on your behalf effectively to find, uh, to, to as far as I can see, entrap, it's entrapment. Yeah. entrap people into yeah. breaking so, the law. So they can log into your Facebook account and they can message all your friends. I think we spoke about this a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So it's these new media surveillance laws, which they shoehorned in a, a, about a month ago, where they could literally go into your, your Facebook messengers and go, oh, okay, here's someone here who seems to have some anti-government sentiment. I'm just going to shoot them a message going, hey, you know what? Like, I, I hate this, this particular politician. Let's go and bash him, haha, and try to get them to message back on, yeah, let's do it. And then bang, you're going to be arrested because that's a threat yeah. against an elected official. And if you don't give someone access to your accounts, you mm-hmm. uh, you run the risk of 10 years in jail. Yeah, so it's just entrapment. Yeah, and that's... But no one's talking about that. No. That's, that's something that is being that has been done in the background. That's right. Meanwhile, you've had 
the uh, police have to drop their legal case against Jordan Shanks, yeah. Friendly Geordies, where they're trying to get him to remove his videos about John Barillaro from YouTube. Yeah. And they've had to agree to pay his costs as well because the judge threw it out because it's bullshit. Yeah. Because it is a police control state. Meanwhile, you've got the federal government blocked a vote to oh, do an investigation disgusting. into the blind trust of Christian Porter. And they're like, oh, we've referred it to the ethics committee. We don't need any further investigation apart from that. Meanwhile, you've got the federal government trying to block having a federal ICAC body. Because they're like, oh, we don't need that. Even though the corruption watchdogs are literally bodying people <laughs> all over the country. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I would say that the, the, the perpetrators are bodying themselves before yeah. the before the anti-commission watchdogs have even had the chance to body people. Yeah. They're like ready to go. And they're like, oh, come on, guys. Give us someone to... Yeah. Uh, there was there was another one who got uh, ousted in New South Wales. Christine Keneally had a uh, an aide who essentially has, it appears, has evidence that a, I don't know which party, I think it was a Labour Party member, was having an extramarital affair and had sent that person text messages going, you need to come clean or I'm mm. going to... Essentially looked like they were saying, come clean about this thing, otherwise I'm going to out you. Yeah. That person got fired by Christine Keneally yeah. and was like, you know, it, what you've done is against blah, blah, blah. And I'm like... It, did, it wasn't the right way to go about things. But the fact that you can get fired for essentially outing a politician for a perceived wrongdoing, like, yeah. is, is that not the news story there? I also read something about the federal government spending $2 million a day on external uh, external counsel. Yeah. $2 million a day. A day of taxpayer money. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the AUD is worth nothing. Buy Bitcoin. Yeah. Also, you've got... Uh, Gladys Berejiklian, former New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian, her entire legal defence in her ICAC is taxpayer dollars. Yeah. I don't know how that works. Have you ever resigned from a business before and had that business pay costs when you were being investigated for doing the wrong thing at that business? <laughs> Do you know how bonkers that is? Uh, so we are, we are suing you for money laundering of our, of our company. Uh, <laughs> can, can I have some money? Can I have some money, please, to pay for my defense on yep. that money I laundered? Yep. Yes, you can. <laughs> yeah, but even... And look at... So this this Coates inquiry that happened in Victoria, you've got... You've now got a government department suing a government department, but not suing any of the individuals in that government. So now there's 58 counts of breaches to the uh, Workplace Health and Safety Act that the... I think it's the Fair Work... Com no. The... Health Commission is suing the Fair Work Commission for 58 breaches of the Fair of the Health and Safety Act in regards to this hotel quarantine, where they've put workers in danger yeah. because the proper procedures weren't put in place. But no individual is named in as a defendant in that suit, yeah. which means I think the the fine for each of these offences is 1.6 million dollars if proven correct. So if all 58 get proven correct, one government department is going to have to pay 100 million dollars in fines to another government department plus legal fees all on the taxpayer dime. No one gets in trouble. It's like when a speeding ticket comes through for a company, it's either yeah. it's either you nominate the driver or pay 10 times the amount. That's right. Oh, we'll pay 10 times the amount. Yeah. And especially when it's not your money, who cares? Exactly. Yeah. It's but the federal government is not spending any Bitcoin. 
it's worthless. The AUD is worthless. Mm. Yeah. You get and it for free. Yeah. It's monopoly money. Yeah, that's right. Think about everything that you've just spoken about. Yeah. That transfer of money is monopoly money. It, mm. it is not worth the paper it is rented on. Yeah, yeah. Buy Bitcoin. Buy Bitcoin. All right, guys. Let's leave it there. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next RDA.